the volume. We are back on another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Fired up to be with you. It's a Thursday in the neighborhood. July, summer vibes are high. The Open is well underway. We're coming in to a very fascinating time in the NFL, particularly in the running back world. I'm going to talk out the Saquon, Josh Jacobsich. How was it? How is it impacting? Not just the market for running backs, but how is it actually going to affect our bets if we are in on the Raiders or the Giants, particularly in this hot button NFC East? And the open is underway, baby. I picked a couple on Twitter, on my line, Monaco Insta. We are off and running, off and humming. And we're going to round out again with some baseball. Baseball is a fickle, fickle sport to bet. A day-in, day-out grind. I have been up three units this this week, down three units. I'm swinging like my cancer mood swings over here. But let's get in to the hot-button topic today, and it's Saquon Barkley, specifically, who I would say at the moment is representing all running backs. And he went on a podcast this week, a money podcast, and here's the actual quote. That a very frustrated Saquon said, he said, my leverage is I could say F you to the Giants. I could say F you to my teammates and be like, you want me to show up and show you my worth? You want me to show you how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. I won't play it down. That's the play I could use. End quote. So Saquon is, and, and again, this is according to the Jeff Darlington's of the world, is essentially saying he's considering a holdout. Now the franchise tag at the moment for him around $10 million. I looked it up. I had to triple check my stigmatism here. I, I'm hard. To, I'm hard to even sit on this side of the fence and not want to flip flop to the other. After I saw this, Bijan Robinson makes the most money at the running back position. A guy who is on the Texas Longhorns who hasn't played it down in the NFL is making the most money. A little over 13 million this season, more than Christian McCaffrey, more than King Henry. More than three Pro Bowl lads who have not been paid yet in Saquon, Josh Jacobs, and Dalvin Cook. And we're not talking about mid-tier running backs. We're talking about Saquon Barkley, who had just a tick shy of 300 carries on the season. And I'm looking at the numbers. What this Giants team did last season in particular, they aren't where they are. Without Saquon Barkley, fifth best red zone touchdown percentage in the league, second fewest turnovers, sixth in rush yards per game, fourth in rush touchdowns per game. Everyone wants to sit here and say that Danny Dimes is a prolific rusher. Yeah, take Saquon out of the backfield and see what Danny Dimes does. He's off a career high in yards, completion percentage, QBR, career low in interceptions and fumbles. You're not going to directly link that. Outside of Dable and coaching up talent, he's an excellent coach, and this offensive line that is finally trending in the right direction, you have to give your flowers 
to a top five running back in the league. I mean, you have to be kidding me. What are the Giants doing? This is the Giants, though. The Giants didn't play, pay Odell Beckham. The Giants are an old school franchise, not, I got to be honest, living in the 2023 reality of NFL football. They just gave a Brinks truck to Woody from Toy Story, and now they don't want to pay Buzz Lightyear. You got to be kidding me. I live in New York. I host a New York show. This directly affects my work. This directly affects everybody I work with. I work with giant fans here, there, and everywhere. And yes, it's a Jets town for the moment for a cup of coffee because Aaron Rodgers and Hard Knocks. Now, this is a New York football town. G-men first, always has been, always will be. I'm sorry, Jets fans. I just grew up in three generations of a New York household. It is a Giants, Giants world. And you're going to put a product out on the field that's going to be less than mediocre. I just sat here and broke down the NFC East to you last week on the Moneyline Monaco pod, assuming Saquon was coming back. I mean, you got to be kidding me. 295 rushes career high. 1,300 plus yards. 338 reception yards, over 10 rushing touchdowns. I mean, get the F out of here. And I got to be honest, it's just as cringe and just as infuriating for Raiders fans and Josh Jacobs, except they no longer have, baby, you could drive my C-A-double-R holding up this incredibly dysfunctional franchise with a guy who's not a leader of men, Josh under six foot McDaniels. We've seen it. Many, many times. McDaniels is a coordinator. He's not a head coach. He ain't winning the West ever. Enjoy yourself, silver and black, with Jimmy. I'm on the strip more than the film room Garoppolo. And you're not paying the guy who led the league in rushing yards? He broke two franchise records against the Seahawks in one game. Most rushing yards in a game by a Raider ever. Do you know who suited up? For the Raiders, Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson, Josh Jacobs, the most decorated Raider. As far as most impact in a single game, guy broke the franchise record for most scrimmage yards and most rushing yards. He led the league in scrimmage yards for the running back position. He led the league in rushing yards. The guy can't get paid. You're giving a rookie the number one position at the pay window get out of here the only thing i saw sensible and change has to happen this is going to be a serious discord within the league are we not playing 11 on 11 anymore i'm sorry i'm not down the street where i almost went to school the jewish academy and it's eight on eight I'm sorry, is there no running back and fullback in this league anymore? Look at the teams that still utilize the running back position. The Niners, been to the championship three of the last four. The Ravens, top three running back, running team in the league, going on several seasons. They've been in the playoffs how many times in a row with Lamar Jackson and a running back in their backfield. And you can say that's a that's a ro- rotation Back there, J.K. Dobbins is a valuable commodity. Let's not act like Derek Carr's job was easier, was not easier because of Josh Jacobs and the same thing for Daniel Jones. I got to be honest, 
I am holding the button. I am not pressing the Dr. Evil button on the New York Giants over seven and a half wins if Saquon is not on this team. I mean, literally, there's not a Madden 83 on the roster at a skill position that includes voluntary tucked in Daniel Bullcut, Dumb and Dumber Jones across the board. There's not a single 88 on the team. The Giants are already behind the eight ball with talent. The Raiders are a catastrophe and a dumpster fire of an organization as far as orderly and what they once were in the Howie Long John Madden days. I mean, I don't even understand it. Now, Dominique Foxworth said something very important, very important, and he spoke on it as a former third-round draft pick. He actually said there is something called the performance-based pay pool. It's a lump sum of money for players that get a check when they outperform their contract. Typically, it goes to a late-round draft pick. Well, now, Dominique... An incredible thought here. Check it out. Dominic Foxworth show. He tells, he tells us candidly one because he was playing out of his mind his, his rookie year. One check, one check out of this performance-based pay pool out earned his entire rookie season deal. One check. Apparently, apparently this pool is over 200 plus million dollars. You now, according to him, have to seriously consider setting aside a portion designated to running backs. You have to do it. Here's a thought off the noggin. I'm sure he said it. This was just the soundbite I heard. If you're approaching King Henry, Saquon type carries 250 and up, you're literally running you into the ground like an Alabama Nick Saban running back. No one wants to have that Eddie Lacy conversation. Pay him. They hit 200 carries. Give him a bonus. They hit 250. Give them a triple bonus. They hit 300. Back up the gosh damn truck for him. I don't understand it. I grew up in an NFL, and yes, we are all in a league right now. That's pass happy. That's spread spread five wide. That's big 12 offense. Texas Tech offense all over the field. There's no running backs. I gotta, I gotta be honest. It's a copycat league. Let's not forget, we've seen. Everyone copy the Ronnie Brown, Miami, thins up, laces out, Dan, Wildcat. We've seen everybody copy a multitude of different styles of offense. And and here's where I always look at the painting differently. Because I'm a guy that doesn't go to the grocery store when everyone goes to the grocery store. I'm a bachelor. I never go to the grocery store. But the point is, I wouldn't go to the grocery store when everybody goes. I wouldn't go to the gym on a Saturday at noon when everybody goes. Go where no one is going when no one is watching and stop doing what everybody else is doing. The Giants are not going to compete in spread five shootouts. They got to control the clock. They got to run the football. They got to win time of possession. They got to win turnovers. They are not a talented top 15 team in this league. They are bottom 15. They are nothing without Saquon Barkley. It's going to be an abomination. I am so off this team if Saquon isn't on it. It's a joke. Dude, it's a joke. Somebody needs to promote Dominique. Somebody needs to have a conversation. And Roger, $45 million a year, Goodell needs to get off of a Hawaiian island, take the pasta out of his mouth, take the napkin out of the top of his shirt. You already know he does that. And get into the office and fix it. Fix it. This is a joke, dude. It's directly 
affecting our product. Look at Zach Martin. He gets ranked a 99 in Madden. He puts it on his profile pick, and he wants more money. You can't just pay the quarterback. You can't just pay wide receivers. We were less than 10 years removed from wide receivers being a dime a dozen. Not everyone's Steph Curry. Not everybody is Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, etc. There are multiple ways to win football games, multiple ways to move the football. If we sit here and completely abolish the running back position, we're not watching football. We're not watching football. We're watching flag football and no one can hit anybody. And everybody's an Italy Serie A soccer player. And there's seven guys with dog left who don't want to complain like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Polamalu back in the day. Uh, it's a joke, dude. I could sit here and fits all day about it. Get it done, New York. Pay the man and make some changes in the front office. All right. I got a, a few picks here from the open. My guy, John Middlecoff, took some time to come on. I have to be honest. This is an incredible position to be in. I listened to his advice, Tommy Fleetwood, and, and this is a great way to bet golf. Tommy Fleetwood is from 45 minutes down the road of where the Open is happening. This is across the pond. There's different ways to factor in betting majors, let alone the Open that is literally in Europe, not in America. All of these other factors come in. And again, these guys are treated like Prince Harry around the world. Everybody is catered to. Everybody, at least if you're a top 30, top 50 golfer, you're typically comfortable. This would be the one time I feel a golfer outside of a Rory, who's obviously not from America, would be uncomfortable. And so what do you do? You take, as Middlecoff said, you take horses. You take a Scotty, a Rory off a dub last week at the Scottish Open. You take a, a Johnny Rom, or you find value in guys that either have course history, have great course history, have a somewhat equidistant, whatever you would call it, geographic advantage. And I found one, and I'm riding with Middlecoff on it. Tommy Fleetwood down the street can crow hop and, and throw a baseball at T number 16 here. Green number 16 is leading the board. Tommy Fleetwood. I put him on. I put him in. I put him in. 42 to 1. 42 to 1, Basil. He's plus 600 live. Today, we are not even at noon Eastern uh, Pacific. Tommy Fleetwood is, to me, the best play on the board, not one of the star-studded names. Pay attention to him. I was on Fleetwood. He's leading the board. I'm on Scotty Chef. He's one under, still second favorited on FanDuel at the moment, a plus 650, two Fleetwoods plus 600. And I took Ricky uh, Orange Creamsicle Fowler, who I, I, I thought was on a little bit of a kick here. What was I thinking? I, I never bet Fowler. I threw him in. I wanted to get cute. He's plus 7,000 live. He's one over after the first round. Fowler ain't winning it. This, to me, already has one eliminated pick for me. But Fleetwood, watch him. And just note, nonverbal cues. One thing I wanted to share, Rom plays better when he's pissed off, Snickers hangry. Rory plays better when he's happy. 
and let's pay attention to a couple of these do- the, these these big horses at the second day, third day, and dial in. You can bet golf and pick two or three guys like you're at the horse races. They're all six, seven to one. You're not getting down to less than four to one, three to one, typically till a Sunday. So I think right now, again, pay attention to the weather. Pay attention to what some of the analysts are saying. Follow a middle cough on Twitter. Guys that live and breathe the sport. I don't. I just live and breathe betting. And I I made a couple of, of wise decisions here. And Tommy Fleetwood was forty-two to one when I went to bed. He's six to one, and I got a I got a Willy Wonka ticket. I hope you listen to the podcast because there was a ton of value, and that's why we bring on a, a Mr. John Middlecoff. Make sure you check out the Go Low Pod. Um, I'm going to round out here. Not going to give you any game to bet in baseball. I just want to point out some value here. Uh, there's a couple of smoke and mirrors. I just simply don't believe on the board right now. I'm looking at the standings. Let's start in the AL East. It's very compelling. The Yankees couldn't have picked the worst time to go to Disneyland, grab a lollipop, and get Hogwarts gosh damn swept by the freaking Angels. You want to talk about a low point for Yankee fans? And I'm a Met fan and a Padre fan. I'm already on the totem pole much lower than these people. But Yankee fans have been suffering in the sun like a day game at Wrigley for years. They had maybe a 5 to 10% chance left to impress Otani. He told Aaron Boone off on goal. He took him to, to left center as a lefty. He cooked him in game one. They swept the floor with him. Rodon looks unwatchable. They're 50 and 47. Rizzo's doing as bad of a job at the plate as I would do. Send him down to AAA or do something. I mean, literally. State needs to go to his locker room and Ricky Vaughn punk him. Somebody needs to say something. The New York Yankees are blowing at 50 and 47 with a raised team that's three and seven in their last 10, who just got dog walked by the Rangers. I was wrong on that series. And they didn't gain any ground. So I'm looking at the Yankees. I'm scratching my head. I'm asking myself, is this team going to turn it the F around? I'm friends with one of the guys on John Boy. I got to interview Aaron Boone on Monday. I'm I'm watching this interview, or Tuesday rather. He's talking about walking and not walking Otani. I don't think Aaron Boone has a pulse in the room. I think Aaron Boone doesn't deserve another series of coaching this team. And the only guy that's more frustrating is Buck Seinfeld Showalter. I mean, I don't know what's going on in New York baseball. This may be if both of these teams flop simultaneously. Some of the most pressure on the Giants and Jets will ever see. And Aaron Rodgers is going to hate it if he doesn't rise to the occasion because of how much of an abomination this new. And I'm on the Yankees. I bet the Yankees, they're a ton of value right now to win the East. They still are only single digits games back. As I sit here in Schwitz, the Orioles lead the division. The Orioles looked lackluster and lost a series to the Dodgers right now. The Blue Jays just lost a series to my San Diego Padres, who I'm going to get to in a second. And the Red Sox <laughs> look horrible against the A's. I mean, I don't know what's going on in the AL East, but anyone not named the Rays you have to think about, just watch these teams they will give up on each other or they will rise to the occasion. It's the AL East. There is no time to wallow. I'm curious to see what this Yankees do. They have a cupcake series coming up. They should absolutely sweep. Aaron Judge needs to potentially do something for his body to speed it up. 
or just call the season off before we hit 100 games. I don't want to watch such a mediocre product. I mean, get it together. But at the end of the day, they're plus 3,000 to win the East. And in a division where it is a completely banged up Rays, Rays pitching staff now, and McClanahan is not dominating in this second half, midpoint of the season that he did in the beginning, you have to flirt with some value in the AL East. I don't really trust anybody. I mean, the Orioles are one of those teams that I I could name you five Orioles most of my adult Cal Ripken life, let alone my adolescence. Only thing that Orioles ever had was a cool Camden Yards background in MLB The Show. Now you can name a couple of Orioles, and they're an impressive bunch, but there's something to be said. It's the same thing with a team like the Marlins. When you're not there a ton, and yes, the Marlins are different. They've won a couple World Series in, in my lifetime. They're typically not putting a great product on the field. And sometimes these teams play above sea level and they forget who they actually are. And that includes a team in the NL like this Marlins team. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. They're two and eight in their last 10. Yet we're looking at the wild card and they're still in control. Look at the NL Central. Do we believe in these Reds? Everyone's all over them. Again, a team that's never been there any time recently. They're three and seven in their last 10, free falling. It's the Brewers division now to lose. Yes, they're only two and a half back in a division where the Cardinals have been dominating it for decades and it's open season. You still can't trust anyone. So I look at the NL Central and I say, let that play out a little bit. Reds are already back to three to one. I would wait. I literally am still not giving up on the St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals are only 7-1 to to win the the Central, and they were way above that number when the Reds were on their 10-game winning streak the first time since I don't even know Johnny Bench. And here we are. The NL West, again, I'm all over my Padres. I've taken them. To me, they are a unbelievable horse to ride into the sea biscuit sunset they have top five pitching if soto isn't isn't getting dealt and he hit a home run gotta love it uh in this series against the blue jays already machado starting to deliver had the only rbis of the game yesterday and a two nothing win and look at what the padres pitching can provide joe musgrove is a dog blake snell is a crafty lefty that gives you eight k's like it's nothing michael waka is a decorated veteran no one knows about unless you're in Ron Burgundy land. And you Darvish has had an abomination of a season, but he pitched a gem yesterday and a shutout one at that. And look what happened. The Padres can win in multiple ways. Their only weak point, and it's a big one, is their bullpen. Hopefully they figure it out. They need to right some wrongs. They still sit on the outside of the wild card looking in. They got four Hall of Famers. Yeah, I said it on this roster and five All-Stars in the lineup. If you don't want to sprinkle on the San Diego Padres, and yes, a little bit of a homer pick, I, I'm, I'm still not blowing smoke. I'm not selling you a car you think you don't need. It's Soto, Tatis, Machado, Bogarts, Cronenworth, and you have interesting players on this team like a Gary Sanchez, a Trent Grisham, a Hassan Kim that are relatively clutch, even though they're not consistent. It's just a team you have to keep an eye on. They're 48 to 1 to win the West. I still don't trust the Dodgers. They may be playing for next year with Otani. Yeah, I believe it. And the Giants and the D backs, 
are still sitting there, and in my humble opinion, otherwise looking like a Marlins Reds team. They were they're outperforming the betting market. They're outperforming everyone really that had any preseason predictions of them. The Diamondbacks could be a year away. I don't believe in their pitching. And the Giants, they're winning weird, weird games. And I got a feeling they are going to taper off. I think the NL wildcard is wide open. You know where I'm at on the Mets. If you listen to me, they are in my back pocket with a purchase I've already hit on. They're not winning the NL East. That's a wrap. And the Braves are minus 7,000. But the Mets, again, this is a team that won 100 games last year and a team that has Verlander and Scherzer. And if they can just get some sort of batting momentum, they will absolutely make a run. And they are around 4-1 to one to make the playoffs. So that's the Moneyline Monaco spiel for the week. We are actually off next week. So I will be Spicoli surfing, chilling, and enjoying my San Diego self been a grind of a year. Appreciate y'all rocking with me. I'll still be throwing up picks and we will see you as always next show. Don't forget to hug your mother. The Volume.